If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxadeo Fichard Park, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. And we are kicking off with a brand new series called Jesus Is. And then each week we're going to explain everything a little bit by little bit. But tonight we're going to speak about Jesus is greater than you think. And first of all, for those of you who don't know me, you would by now have noticed that I'm not English. <laughs> I'm very, very Afrikaans, so I'm already asking for excuses um, if I don't speak properly English tonight. But we're going to kick off, and some of you know this about me, some of you don't really know this about me, but I am a really massive fan of How I Met Your Mother. Can I see who of you are fans of How I Met Your Mother? Nice. Who's friends anyway? No, I'm just kidding. Yo, yo, now I stepped on some toes. Now I stepped on some toes. So, I love this series, How I Met Your Mother. I always picture myself as Ted. Ted is the guy in the middle holding the yellow umbrella. Ted was this hopeless romantic guy and every girl he met was his wife. Ever been like that, gents or ladies? Whenever you're in a relationship, yo. I remembered in high school, yo. <laughs> Mom, she's the one. I know it. She's the one. I'm 16 years old. Mom, I know. She's the one. Frank, you understand you're going to have to date her for 10 years. I don't care. I don't care. We'll make this work. And then we break up. And then the next one. Mom, I promise you, this time, this time, she's the one. This was basically the story of Ted, and he was on this mission to find the one. But there was this one funny episode um, where Robin, the girl with the green dress, she was struggling to get to know a guy she was working with, a colleague, because sometimes he was good, sometimes he was bad, but all her friends knew actually she liked this guy, but they were struggling to find a solution to show her why she likes this guy. So who of you seen the rabbit and duck picture? Quickly look to the person next to you, tell them what you see. Okay. Who sees the rabbit? Okay, who sees the duck? Okay. If you see both, but it depends on who saw the rabbit first before you saw the duck. Again, who saw the, the duck first? Okay, most of you. Good. Ted will be very proud. So, before I dive into the reason why Ted will be very proud, the guy now with your mother, the duck or rabbit image is one of the most famous philosophy and highlights a curious phenomenon called aspect perception. The philosopher, I can't say his name, Witt Chinstein, I hope I got it right, argued that objects often do not simply appear to our senses, but are seen as something. They arrive meaningful in our understanding. If you see a duck in the duck rabbit, you are seeing the image as, you, as a duck. Seeing it in that way is not mandated or foreign dated. 
foreordained, there we go, Franku, groot woorde, by the image itself, you are doing the relevant work, even if you are doing it automatically or unconsciously. So in other words, when you saw this picture, the first thing you saw is the first thing your brain related to. So, if you're more a rabbit person, then you related more to the rabbit. And if you're more a duck person, then you related more to the duck. Does this make sense? And the whole theory behind this is actually, this is how we, how we do life. If you see a face that looks more or less like your mother, depends on who your mother was, that's the vibe you'll get from that person. Does that make sense? Has that ever happened to you that you've seen a guy and that face looks familiar and it looks like a face you don't like? Then before you met the guy, you're like, mm, I don't like him. And everyone's like, oh, he's such a nice guy. And you're like, I don't like his face. Anyways, that's our brain automatically happening. It's, it's happening. Like, it can be with nice faces as well, like old people. Like grandmas and grandpas, I just get this warm feeling. They can be the meanest person on earth, but I don't care because their face tells me they're so nice. But anyways, in this, in this episode of How I Met Your Mother, Ted brought this picture and explained to Robin that you are currently seeing the guy you're working with as a bunny. They all decided after a huge argument that bunny is bad and duck is good. Okay. So she is seeing this, seeing this guy as a bunny. But if you look closely, and if you give it enough time, you'll see it as a duck, a good thing. And this is how they, how they argued about relationships, any relationship. First, you'll see the rabbit, the thing you don't like. And if you give it enough time, give it enough perspective, then you will start seeing the duck. Now the reason why I'm telling you this is our view of Jesus can sometimes be represented by this picture. You either see the duck or you see the rabbit, but you know it's Jesus. You get what I'm saying? So let's Honor Ted and I met your mother, seeing that I'm such a huge fan of it. All your friends, people, eh? Yo, you have too much mugs. I'm just putting it out there and too much shirts. So, duck is good, rabbit's bad. Everyone with me? Duck is? Rabbit is? One more time. Duck is? Rabbit is? Okay, nice. We're going to do this a lot tonight. So I want to ask you a question. What is your picture of Jesus? Is it a duck or is it a rabbit? A duck. Who says it's a duck? Obviously you're saying it because we're in a church. You have to say it. What will people think if you say he's a rabbit? You see, I think I have this theory because I've spoken to lots of people and usually when I speak to someone regarding relationship with God, my first question to them is, how would you describe Jesus? 
And then they would say, no, he's, he's the guy that died on the cross for our sins. And then I would ask them, what is your viewpoint? Who is Jesus to you personally? And this is a very important question to ask, and I'll get to that part now, why this is very important. But you see, the rabbit and the duck is really close to each other, right? It's really, really close to each other. So sometimes in different seasons of our lives, or even in the beginning season of our life, the duck can easily change to the rabbit. And the rabbit can also easily change to the duck again. It depends on what season you are in. Because this can happen so easily. Let's put Jesus in the rabbit perspective. Some of you, and you would not admit it, are seeing Jesus as the angry teacher. Who of you had that one angry teacher? Quickly raise your hand. Everyone. Everyone had that angry teacher. If you're not raising your hand, you went to heaven for school because... <laughs> <laughs> There's always that one angry teacher, right? I remember I had this one angry teacher. I'm not going to say her name because some of you may know, may know her. Someone in the crowd already knows who I'm speaking of. But she had this, had this high voice. You know, like this voice. Have you heard that voice before? You just walk past the class and you heard, <laughs> Yo. Those are, those are scary teachers. And you know what? You know what's the problem with seeing God or seeing Jesus as the angry teacher? The problem is there is no relationship. There is only this thing of I only need to do this much just so that I don't get noticed. Because if I'll get noticed, I'm going to be in trouble. You know, like that angry teacher when you're standing outside and she's telling you to open your book? To see your homework? Yo, yo. I was that guy before school. I went to the smartest kid. And I wrote half of the answers. And then I went to the average kid to write off half of the answers. Just to make it realistic, you know. <laughs> and then I left some gaps open because I'm lazy. So I had to make it realistic. Or your perspective of Jesus may be, your rabbit perspective of Jesus may be, your boss, your view of him, he is your boss. And this might not be a negative thing. This is a place of you are working really hard for him to see you to get that promotion. You are working really hard. This leaves you in a place of performance cycle. Working really hard to show Jesus, I need that promotion. I need that promotion. And it, it usually leads to comparing as well. Man, Jesus, if I do this and this for you, can I pray like Christian? Please, Lord. Christian, shout out to you, buddy. You pray great. Oh, Lord Jesus, if I do this for you and this for you and this for you, maybe you'll see me and I'll get that promotion. And then maybe, just maybe, I'll see my tithes coming back to me. For some of you, this is like, oh, Franco, why there? <laughs> why there? You see, the problem with this is it's going to leave you in a performance cycle. You'll never feel good enough because maybe you'll get that promotion from Jesus. Then what's next? 
The other one is maybe your view of Jesus is he's your forever Santa Claus. The one, if I'm just not on his naughty list, he will bless and bless and bless and bless. Amen. If I just follow the laws, if I'll just do what's right, every week, every week I'll just go to him, I'll give my list, my wish list, and I'll be like, I'm a good boy. I'm a really good boy. I'm not on your naughty list. No, I am not. And then you give your wish list. And then you take on the week, ready to be blessed because Jesus is my forever Santa Claus. Or maybe Jesus is this wise old man to you. I put a, got a picture of Matthew McConaughey because whenever you ask a question to Matthew McConaughey, he'll be like, Matthew, do you want some water? Yes, I want some water. But what is the meaning of thirst? Why are we thirsty? Where does water come from? You know that guy, that philosopher, the guy that speaks in riddles the whole time? Maybe that's your view of Jesus. You're going to him, asking him, Lord Jesus, help me with this. And someone tells you, read your Bible. Then you open up your Bible and you just see a bunch of parables about five women and lamps and then you see stuff about seeds and plants and you think to yourself wow this Jesus guy is really into farming I mean he likes it he likes planting trees for some reason I don't know why and wine he speaks a lot about wine sure and then he said we should eat him and drink him yo this guy he's speaking riddles I don't know what's happening here maybe your, Jesus, your big view of Jesus is he's the judge. I got this, guys, because they're just hilarious with their wigs. How can you take that guy seriously? I mean, come on. Imagine that guy with his perm telling you you're going four years of prison time. I'll be like, <laughs> okay, whatever. But maybe your picture of Jesus is he's your judge. And yes, he is a judge in a sense, but you are living in fear. Because you have to keep your record straight because he is determining if you're going to jail, hashtag hell, or if you're going to be free, hashtag heaven. Okay. Maybe that's your view of Jesus. So he's just there with the javel and the hammer. And whenever you put your foot just a little bit skew, he's like, ah, and you're like, ah. Oh. Then you take on life like the classic. The guy's been mean on you on the road. He stopped in the middle of a turn in a slipway. He stopped, put his hats on. You know who I'm speaking of. Usually those big cars, right? With lots of people in them. They stop, put their hats on. And then you can't go anywhere. And you're already late. And you want to say the no-no words. And you want to make a big scene when you drive past them. But you're like, Jesus is the judge. So what would Jesus do? And this leads me to my last one. Maybe you have this picture of Jesus being this soft guy. Being the hippie Jesus. I like speaking about the hippie Jesus because this guy looks like a hippie. I mean, come on. Look at that long hair. Ladies, jealous much? Gents, 
We all want that beard, right? Let's all be honest. Hij moet bovendien baardolie gebruik. Die rove christen. I mean, come on, look at that guy. If I see him, I get this picture of the soft Jesus, you know. The guy when someone is in trouble and you're like, yo, Jesus, I'm really in trouble. I really need you. He's be like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. He gives you a hug. And then he's like, give you two taps on the back. You got this, buddy. And then he leaves you. And he just goes to the next person. Gives them a hug. Gives them a tap on the back. Be like, you got this, buddy. And then he leaves him. And then you go to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, this is a problem. He's like, shh. Within you, there shall always be peace and love. Maybe that's your view of picture. Your view of Jesus. Is Jesus is the soft guy. You see, even Jesus found this question to be really important. Who is Jesus? Who am I? You read in Matthew 6 verse 13 to 18, you read, when Jesus came to the region of Eugene, I must have asked you to say the word for I should have asked you before and I want to say this name. Caesarea, thank you Jean, thank you Gina. Out of Caesarea, Philippi, 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 thank you. He asked his disciples, I'm very African, sorry guys. He asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You know that classic question your mom asks when friends visited over? Yo, what do you think of them? What do they think of me? Or anyone dating now? Who's dating? Who's in a relationship? Or who's, who's married? Okay. Just be prepared if you are single at this moment. If you as a boyfriend or as a girlfriend visit the future parents-in-law and you are alone in that car with your boyfriend or girlfriend, the first conversation is going to be, I hope they liked me. And then afterwards, two, day off, two days after, they'll be like, Jan, what did they say? Do they like me? What did they say about me? And then you're like, oh, sweetie, you know, they loved you. You know, they said you had such great manners and you're so polite. This is the same situation happening here now with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus asking his disciples, who do the people say I am? In other words, that girlfriend or boyfriend asking, what does my parents say about me? And they say, some say you are John the Baptist. That's a very famous name. Others say that you are 
Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Jeremiah was one of the big prophets. Some say Elijah. Elijah was also a legend for them, a big hero. They gave him these beautiful names, these beautiful statements. You are this and you are this. And then Jesus come and he asks the following question. Who do you say I am? I want to ask you this question tonight. For you personally, I wish I could go to each and one of you and ask you this. And I would love to hear your answer. Who do you say is Jesus? What is your view, viewpoint, there we go, of Jesus? And this time, you don't have to say, he's a duck. This time, you can honestly say in your heart, I really experience him as a rabbit. I experience him as that teacher. Or that judge. Or that soft guy. You see... If you put Jesus in those perspectives, in those dark perspectives, it will always it will leave you in a place either to be to do just enough not to get in trouble, or you have to perform, or you will be blessed but never satisfied, or just really confused, or you would constantly live in fear. Or you would feel like you have to fight for yourself. You see, when Jesus asked this question, he made it very personal. Who do you say I am? I think there was a long pause of silence when Jesus asked this question. Because before that, Jesus made a few I am statements. And then Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You see, the reason why this is such an important question who do you say I am? It's because this was the next step for Peter and his faith. You see, Peter needed to know for himself who Jesus is. That Jesus is the living Son of God. He's not just one of another prophets, he's not just a guy doing cool miracles. He's not a con artist. He is the living son of God. And you see, Peter not only just understood this by Jesus' works, but Peter was one of his close friends. So Peter went with Jesus on the hiking trips. Believe it or not, Jesus hiked. He walked miles and miles and miles. And wherever he was, whenever it was dark, 
He set camp right there. <laughs> he went on the adventures with Jesus. He ran away from the Pharisees with Jesus. Being troublemakers <laughs> with Jesus. He experienced Jesus having fun, celebrating, having a joy together. He experienced Jesus going up to a mountain, having a four-hour conversation with his dad. He saw the heart of who Jesus was. And when Jesus asked him this question, who do you say I am? That is why he was the first to answer, you are the Messiah, the living Son of God. Because this was something brand new. This was a revelation. He never, ever in his whole life experienced a holy man living a life like that. Having a heart for people. Actually going into the temple with a whip flipping tables and whipping stuff, maybe a few people, because he was so upset. He saw the heart of who Jesus was. Not this soft guy, but a man's man. Gents, listen here. Sorry, ladies. You can also listen if you want to. Jesus is not calling you to sit here and be passive. Jesus is calling you to go on an adventure. If you want to understand what it means to be a man, get your viewpoint of who Jesus is right. Because you will understand that this guy wants to take you on a massive adventure. And ladies, go for the man who's on the adventure. That was a side note. Anyways, so this is automatically a very important step for Peter to know that Jesus is not just anyone. He is the living son of God. And this is when it gets interesting. When truth becomes my truth. You see, there's the Next verse, and I'm just going to quickly explain it to you. Jesus said, you are blessed. And right after he said that, right after he said, this could only be revealed by the Father, by, his, by the Father's Spirit. He made the next promise, and that's what we sang right before this. Peter, you are the rock I'm going to build my church on. Now imagine Peter's viewpoint of Jesus was wrong. Then this would have been just another guy telling him, good luck, buddy. Or he would feel like, yo, this is a holy man. This is a prophet. I need to do what the prophet told me. So I'm going to perform and show him because I need to show God how good I am. Or he would feel the fear of being chased by Pharisees, knowing the risk, 
And this guy just tells them, I want you to create the biggest revelation, the biggest movement ever. Are you in? If it's just another guy coming to him, you would have been like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. But Peter understood this. Peter saw the power of Jesus in him. Peter understood that Jesus was the living son of God. He was a man up for adventure. He was a man for danger. He was the man that, that did not only overcome the government, but he overcome, he won. He saw Jesus as the one who won. Sin and death, the thing they've been battling against for thousands of years. By that perspective, you will read after the Gospels where Peter stood in, th in front of a crowd with 3,000 people, men, were saved and received the Holy Spirit. He went on to create such a big movement that he was the most wanted man. And when they caught him, he asked them, please don't crucify me straight up because in honor of Jesus, I want to be crucified upside down. What do you think his perspective on Jesus was? This is a very important question to ask yourself. You saw the dark side of Jesus. <laughs> Not the rabbit side, the dark side. Can I ask the worship team to join me, please? So, just a little bit of my a personal story from my side. I've been on quite a journey. I've been working here for three years, four years, I think. Yeah. And I remembered there was one day. Don't worry, I love working here. Okay, so just, just tell the person next to you, Franco loves working here. Just tell them that. Believe it. Okay, believe it. But who of you are currently working at this moment? Can I quickly see? Okay, most of you. Most of you are working. How many times a week do you think of quitting? <laughs> okay, awesome. So there was this one day when I walked around and I thought to myself, why am I doing this? I can sleep now. And I thought to myself, I went to Jesus and I was like, Jesus, if you keep on doing this to me, I think you're going to lose me. Very dramatic. Very, very dramatic. Until one day, we sat on the cross, still with this bad little seat in my, seat in my heart of poor me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm working hard. I'm giving it my all. Jesus, look at me. You're not giving me my rest. 
You know, I can quit any day. <laughs> and as a team, we went out and we sat on the grass and we did a little exercise where we got a few verses. And we sat there and we read the verses. And for the first time in a long while, I was convicted. Because I started seeing Jesus as the rabbit. You see, this can happen so easily, guys. And I took there, I sat there, and I took a few deep breaths. And I remember sitting there, just taking a moment, not thinking of what should I be, what should I do next, how can I impress you more, how can, how can I show you that I'm really good at what I'm doing. I sat there and I went back and I looked at all the things that Jesus did in my life. I took a moment and changed my perspective. And for the first time in a long while, I saw the duck again. And when I saw the duck, in that moment, I remembered it so well, it almost felt like Jesus was sitting right next to me. And he was looking at me and he was like, Franco, I'm not done with you. Remember what I called you? And I was like being the fusion leader. He was like, no. <laughs> the student leader? No. A massive pastor one day. He was like, no. Franco, I've called you to be a David. I've called you to be my shepherd boy. I've called you to sit in the wilderness with me. I've called you to have a soft heart. But a fierce heart who's ready to take on any giant, any bear or any lion. I've called you to worship me and to search my heart. David, I've called you be a David, someone that's close to my heart. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.